0: Yes, sir. I am C-3PO, Human Cyber Operations. The post office says it'll unveil 10 new Star Wars stamps this spring featuring favorite droids, from C-3PO to R2-D2. <laughs> S&P futures are down 39. Dow futures off 303. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters
1: around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust this inside edition report is sponsored by indeed the inside edition team recently spoke to an arizona police officer who decided to adopt a two-year-old he'd met while conducting a child welfare check one of her eyes was swollen Uh,
2: she had different coloring of bruises all about her face but she was still happy-go-lucky a little two-year-old i distinctly remember Her grabbing my hand and putting it in her lap and just holding my hand and just petting my hand like I was the one that was needing um, to be consoled. It melted my heart right away. This weight was lifted because I knew that
1: I didn't have to worry about who was going to be taking care of her, who was going to be loving her.
2: I love him.
1: Are you hiring? You need Indeed. Indeed immediately delivers quality candidates from our resume database when you upgrade your job post. It's that simple. Receive a $75 sponsored job credit on your first post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply.
0: A warning about potential fraud this tax season. TV's Tara Molina has details from Chicago. A 1099-G form needs to be filled out when filing taxes if you've gotten money from IDES. But if you haven't and you get one of these in the mail, you could be a victim of unemployment fraud. With address change forms tied to fraudsters also going out right now, what happens if the IRS gets one of these in your name but you don't when they're waiting for their tax refund? they'll get this notice from the IRS that they have unclaimed income attached to their name that they're going to then have to clear. Like mother, like daughter.
3: It's happening. Hi, everyone. Supermodel
0: Heidi Klum's 16-year-old Lenny, has walked the virtual runway for Berlin Fashion Week. She was styled by Vogue Germany's editor-in-chief, Christiane Arp. Lenny made her modeling debut on the cover of the magazine last month. Her mom reacted on Instagram with heart emoji. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News.
1: Paid for by Asset Marketing Services, LLC. 2021 marks the 35th anniversary of the American Eagle Coin Program, and these historic silver coins will never be the same again. Why? The U.S. Mint has unveiled new designs for the 2021 American Silver Eagle Coins, scheduled to appear mid-year. This means now is your last chance to get an American Silver Eagle Coin with the original Eagle design. The American Eagle Coin Series has become the best-selling coin series in the world. Act fast or miss your opportunity to win the last year of this historic Silver Eagle Coin design. Just call government.com at 1-800-495-6468 and you're guaranteed a shiny, new, perfect mint condition American Eagle Silver Dollar. Get them now before time runs out. Call 1-800-495-6468 now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's Bonus Package free with every order. This exclusive offer is only available by phone. Call 1-800-495-6468 now to secure your American Eagle Silver Dollar coins before the current design ceases production. That's 1-800-495-6468.
0: At Century National Bank, we believe strong community are built with local volunteers, donations, and leadership. Last year, we supported 301 local organizations and donated more than $393,000 to our local communities. Our bankers care about helping our entire community thrive and prosper. Century National Bank is committed to investing money locally and doing everything in our power to support the people and groups in our neighborhoods. Century National Bank, Division of the Park National Bank. Member FDIC, CenturyNationalBank.com.
1: Hey, it's Boots. our free spirit show. We'll talk about motorcycles and driving and living in a purple bus. Love that purple. That's Auto Smarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Rutland Bottle Gas here. If it's propane, we do it. Residential service, commercial cylinder exchange, residential 100-pound cylinder exchange, auto gas, commercial bulk service, agriculture applications, and many more propane related services that are too many to mention. We service northern West Virginia and many counties in central and southern Ohio. Give us a call at our Rutland location at 740-742-2511 or our Plains location at 740-797-4675 or you can visit us at rutlandbottlegas.com. We
2: Wednesday Corn dogs and
1: regular hot dogs, 99 cents each Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup From CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH This is Joe Mazzola, Health Commissioner at Franklin County Public Health The COVID-19 pandemic is impacting us all in new ways. The stress of COVID-19 has resulted in a rise in drug and alcohol use, and drug misuse can happen in your home. 42% of teens who misuse prescription pills get them from their parents' medicine cabinets. Visit DontLiveInDenial.org to learn how to dispose of your leftover pills and talk to your kids about opioids. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1
0: FM.
3: My, oh, my, what a difference the morning makes. Yesterday, it was so foggy and uh, it was difficult to see for sure. This morning, just fine. Special edition today, we're going to get caught up to date on the Athens County EMS, that's the Emergency Management System or Services. All the squad, and the chief of that organization, Rick Calebs, joining us here in a moment. It's the party line on 970 W-A-T-H. All right. uh, Good morning, Rick. Hello. Good good morning, sir. Welcome. Uh, We're doing it via telephone. We're, you know, we're in this uh, situation. We really prefer always doing it in person, but uh, with the... uh, for a year now, we've been doing all this stuff, and, and new folks have to deal with all this coronavirus thing too, and it's really quite a deal. Let's um, let's just uh, get started here. You've been on the show a couple of times over the years. Um, how long have you held the post of chief? I've been the
2: uh, EMS chief since April of uh, 2012.
3: Okay, that's that's a lengthy period of time, and so you've seen About a lot years. of years. You've seen a lot of interesting situations, I'm sure. Now, um, the, um, the, the let's just start with the COVID thing. Um, you know, you keep statistics and you do an annual report in, like, how many were accidents, how many were illnesses, how many were this or that, and um, in the age of the patient and that sort of thing. So. Statistically, how many of your responses this year, or in whatever period of time you want to call, were COVID-related?
2: That's kind of a tough number to nail down. We have um, not fully completed our report for 2020, uh, and the reason that it's it's a difficult um, thing to find out is... Uh, a couple of things. The first one is uh, in the beginning, there was uh, a lot of problems uh, getting test results done and getting them done in a timely manner. I think we've we've pretty much addressed that part of the problem. Right. Uh, but, but we have people because of the uh, up to ten days that you can be walking around uh, with. Um,
3: Without knowing it, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and not really know it. So we, we actually have had some situations where we transported somebody uh, for flu-like symptoms or, uh, in one case, uh, a broken ankle.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then the the hospital does a, a cursory COVID screening and, and come mm-hmm. to find out that they're, they're positive. So there's been some issues going back um, and, and trying to... to code those after the fact as, as being COVID responses. Without having uh, our hard numbers added up, I would say we're probably looking um, in the uh, maybe shy of a thousand okay. transports that we've done this year, and that's that's just a spitballed number. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to, in to take County, it in the-
3: uh, solely, right.
2: That's And that's what we've transported. That's yeah. not...
3: So that's about a wants. third of the cases. And I, you know, I. the more I ask the question, the more I realize, you know, I don't bet the more common practice is for someone to drive them in. Because, you know, it's not like you're... By the time you started to feel bad, uh, you wouldn't think it's a squad job. You would just take them in. Um...
2: I would agree with that, and then also uh, we we do know that there are a number of people, including some of our own employees, that became aware of a positive COVID status because uh, they were um, getting ready for an elective surgery, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the hospital did a screening and uh, Hey, did you realize that that you're you're COVID positive? Yeah. And uh, so I think there's. There's been uh, a sort of a disjointed effort, I guess, in the beginning, but it's it's starting to come together now. I believe to where we're um, we've kind of had to do this, make it up as we went, so to speak, on what was the right way to test, what you know, what frequency, uh, at what point uh, do we um, do we require testing? Uh, you know, obviously things like Ohio university and, and they're, uh, they're testing of students on a, on a regular basis and then randomly, um, that's going to make us aware of more, uh, COVID positive situations. It also inflates our numbers, but I think at this point we'd rather know who, um, has, uh, uh who's a carrier and, uh, you know, allow them to, to quarantine and to uh, and try not to spread it and then to, for them to get healthy on their own. So uh,
3: it's, it's well, it, starting to come around. You know, the public's been encouraged to wear um, masks. And, um, and some people, even my wife, uh, she did a trip to California and back, um, she wore a, a shield, a facial shield and um, other different things to try to keep yourself safe. Now, um, your employees, um, as they go and help different people, they come into contact with any number of odd situations as well as normal. Um, What what special things have they had to do um, just to, to keep protection for themselves and keep themselves active and available to be on duty?
2: That's a very, very good point, um, and and you said it better than I could. Uh, that was our concern from from the beginning. You know, we could not suffer uh, any significant level of staffing issues without a major reduction of EMS in Athens County. So, hmm. trying to keep our own employees healthy and able to come to work, and and you know uh, their families and. So they weren't in a a, a caregiver situation where they had to be off to to care for people that that were infected. We started very early on um, basically treating everybody as if they were COVID positive because most of the time we don't know what their COVID status is. So um, our crews were wearing uh, the n 95 masks. Um, We used eye protection, we used gowns in certain situations. Uh, We reverse isolated the patient, which is um, that you place a surgical mask on the patient so that um, as as they inhale and exhale, there's a filter there. And we understand that this is not perfect. It it is not a 100% if I wear a mask, I'm never going to get it, and I'm never going to give it to somebody else. But it's really the only readily available, um, easy-to-use and easy-to-do thing that we have at our disposal right now. But we've treated every patient um, as if they were covid positive. And on uh, anyone who exhibited any symptoms of COVID or if they told us, um, you know, I went to the doctor three days ago. I am COVID positive, and here's a copy of my test results. I'm really feeling bad now, and I need to go back to the hospital
3: mm-hmm. and be
2: seen. And and you know, if that was the case, we took it a step further with uh, you know, additional precautions. And uh, once the the transport was done, once the crew was at the hospital. Uh, We have a procedure on known or suspected transports where uh, the truck is taken out of service. Uh, We actually, after the cleanup and the restocking occurs and the the regular mopping and wiping down that occurs after every run, we close the back of it up and we have a CDC and FDA approved misting solution that we deploy in the back of the truck and, and that that kills everything from hepatitis to the coronavirus. you know, Most of the flu bugs that are out there, it has an impact on that. And, uh, you know, once that drives, then the vehicle is placed back in service. And there have been some times to, to give you an idea on our numbers. Uh, there have been times that across the county, we've had to do that, um, seven or eight times in a 24 hour shift. And,
3: and, You know, I think back before coronavirus, um, there were steps taken even then, right? To make sure that uh, the squad, um, particularly the working area of the squad, was um, uh, always at its top condition. Yeah, we have
2: a morning checklist where Uh, Not only are supplies inventoried and and equipment checked, but the entire vehicle uh, is wiped down with a disinfectant solution and, or the inside of the vehicle, the the patient care area, and, um, you know, the steering wheel uh, things where where people are going to be touching. Mm -hmm. Um, That uh, is a part of our daily routine. And then, obviously, uh, after runs as the truck needs to be cleaned up. There's uh, there's always been a, a cleaning procedure in place uh, at that time.
3: Right. Well, um, this, this plays statistics for a while. Um, and I, I suppose we'd be be talking um, about your 2020 report. Yes. Um, now, um, first of all, Let's set up the basics. How many squads are operating in Athens County?
2: We have six operational every day.
3: Okay, and then there's probably one or two on standby for maintenance or okay. whatever, right? Yeah, we
2: have five backup vehicles. Okay. Once in a while, uh, we're able to staff a seventh vehicle just depending on um, the, the availability of staff, how the schedules fall together. So that's that's kind of an extra bonus if, if we get it. So 11
3: 11 vehicles, but six typically on duty. That's correct. Okay. Um, Now, um, they are uh, situated at various different points about the county so that no one has a terribly long run uh, unless it's mutual aid sort of thing. So um, let's see. uh, Your principal location is where?
2: It's in Athens on West Union
3: Street. Okay, so out there behind um, American Legion, is it? What is it? Um,
2: there? It's the um, um, the Elks Lodge. Elks Lodge, it, that's, that's Elks what I meant. Lodge, yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay, and then you have two other facilities?
2: Uh, we have uh, four other stations. Oh. We're in Coolville okay. uh, on Main Street, and we are in Gloucester on State Route 78, uh, fairly close to Trimble High School. We are in Nelsonville on Canal Street, um, right across from the Rocky Boots factory, and we are in Albany uh, on Washington Road next to the uh, Albany Fire Department.
3: Okay. It was just out there the other day. Now, um, there not there also a new facility um, uh, nearly complete?
2: Yes, uh, we broke ground a little uh, more than a year ago on Kenny Drive, which is uh, on State Route 56. Uh, most people know it as uh, where TS Trim and UPS are located. Okay, uh, it's it's right before you get to Morrison Gordon Elementary.
3: Right, uh,
2: it's an industrial park, and the city of Athens uh, was able to procure. Uh, about 15, 16 acres at the very back part of that. Uh, it's my understanding that part of that in the future uh, may become a training uh, facility for the fire department. And, oh, yes, uh,
3: I, I know what we're but, talking about now, sure.
2: Yep, yeah. and, and the city uh, was gracious enough to uh, lease us the property that we're on, a dollar a year, 99 years. Um, And so we were able to build uh, and consolidate a lot of our uh, operations uh, at at this new facility. It's going to be um, a much bigger Athens EMS station. Uh, The the current station uh, was only built for two people. And we have four, sometimes six or even seven people operating out of that. Now, uh, they did expand on the building. Back around 1990, there's an extra bedroom and an extra bathroom, and um, a uh, a living room area that got added. So it's a little bigger than it originally was, but it's a very old building. We don't own it. Um, the Hawking Conservancy District.
3: I remember
2: actually. Yeah, has title to that. We were not able to build at that location, but this uh, this new facility will uh, combine. Not only our expanded EMS station, uh, where we'll have the capability of running three trucks out of there 24 hours a day, Um, there's a a training uh, center that's a part of that, so a classroom.
3: So then the uh, facility behind Elks would be abandoned, right?
2: Yes, that's correct. We're also moving our administrative offices to a new facility, and right now we lease uh, space in the Plains from Athens County Water and Sewer District. And so that will go away and we'll move the, uh, the administrative offices there too. So uh, it's a beautiful facility. Uh, it's very energy efficient. It's a net zero building. Um, it it kind of looks like a warehouse from the outside, but mm. uh, uh, inside it's, um, it's, it's nothing extravagant, but it's, it's going to be a very nice facility. Um, it'll be dedicated to the citizens of Athens County, uh, and uh, that it, it'll last us a good long time, and and I think be very uh, workable and, and uh,
3: useful for us. So a typical shift of a typical worker is it twenty four hours? Is it what 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 is it? Yes, it's
2: uh, we have three platoons of full time people, uh, EMTs and paramedics. We always. Run paramedic ambulances. We do never, we, we never run um, uh, a basic life support or an EMT only ambulance. So we are, we're constantly offering uh, the highest level of EMS care that is authorized in the state of Ohio. Okay. So we have a paramedic on every vehicle, sometimes two, and uh, the, we have three platoons of full time people. They work 24 hours on and then they're off for 48 hours, and then the the rotation uh, starts over again. It's a very common shift rotation for EMS and fire.
3: Now, um, so they have uh, perhaps a dormitory situation, so they can um, take a nap. Yes. And, of course... We have uh, kitchen
2: facilities. Yeah. We have... uh, uh, you know, a breakfast table, so to speak, and uh, a stove and a dishwasher and a refrigerator, and then um, beds at each one of the stations. There's a shower
3: yep.
2: uh, if if somebody would need to, to clean up after a run. So mm-hmm. that's available at the stations. It's it's sort of like a little home yeah. because you know it is a home for for the 24 hours that they're there.
3: All right, now um, so i have sort of gotten away from the statistical stuff. During 2020, and or pick any period you want, how many runs did you guys have?
2: Last year it was uh, around 9,600. Um, that is a little bit less than we ran the year before. We noticed a um, a fairly rapid decline in runs when the coronavirus um, pandemic first hit. And the the word that the governor and and other health officials were putting out, this is when they closed the schools, this is when they wanted everybody to work from home. Mm -hmm. My take on that situation is a lot of people were afraid. And they were really pushing you know, call your doctor, don't go to your doctor's office, don't go to the ER, don't flood the healthcare system with questions and what they now refer to as well testing, where I don't have any symptoms, I don't really have a specific reason to be tested, I would just kind of like to know if I am COVID positive. So they didn't want that in the very beginning when testing was limited, and uh, I think that, you know, a lot of healthcare providers, us included, we were trying to get our feet under us and, and, and wrap our minds and our arms around what we needed to do. We noticed a, a pretty significant decrease in runs. And I think that's that and, and, and the as that played out for maybe a month or so, uh, I think that's the reason that we're a little bit lower than we were last year. So, uh, in 2019.
3: But, just, yeah, it's two around, just to put a figure to it, so 9,600 this year, but last year was what? We were
2: around 98, maybe 9,900, almost 10,000 around okay,
3: the Okay, so that. just a slight uh, decrease. Yes. Okay. Um, now, um, the severity of the patient, uh, I don't know if that's something you track or not, but... Um, of the 9,600 runs, uh, how many were really critical runs, and, and others were uh, providing a good service, so to speak?
2: The majority of our runs are non-critical runs. Um, again, our, our stats for 2020 are not complete yet. Uh, it's I won't say it's it's rare that we get a critical patient because you can have or three in a 24-hour in a shift, you know, if that's what's in the cards for you that day, mm-hmm. but um, most of our runs are are transported, uh, no lights and siren to the hospital, our crews get on scene, and even somebody with, you know, for example, a, a breathing problem or um, some minor to moderate chest pain or a, a moderate allergic reaction, we're actually able to start a lot of the treatment that the ER would do in the house and and on the way to the hospital. So um, we do that. We certainly don't guard our feet getting to the hospital, but it's it's also not a situation where uh, we're driving as fast as we can because there's nothing that we can do until they get to the hospital.
3: Uh, I've been um, transported by a a squad twice in my life.
2: uh Uh-huh.
3: Um, once was here in Athens and, uh, it was back at that time, the fire department still operated it uh-huh. and, uh, it was a kidney stone and I was in excruciating pain. Dr. David Brown is who met me. He was new on staff. That's how long ago this was. Oh boy. And, um, took good care of me and we got everything figured out. The other time was up on the state uh, on campus at Ohio State I got stabbed in the in the um, the gut uh in a street altercation where we got attacked and um <clears throat> uh, I don't remember that event at all <laughs> but um it, it didn't turn out to hurt anything other than me um so anyway but the the i tell you what um Oh, Butch Daft and some of those guys at the city fire department, even though they may not have had the parametric, parametric, what am I doing here? Paramedic. Oh, paramedic um, training. Um, They did a great job, too. And um, now to have you folks always have skilled medical paramedics, on board as well. You know, it wasn't just a load and haul. Um, Anyway, I I, I just think what you guys are doing is terrific.
2: Thank you.
3: Let's see here. Now, um, you know, you have to work with a variety of different health organizations. It could be Ohio Health. It could be, I guess, Holzer. It could be, um, well, let's see here. I I read somewhere that um, you're hoping to uh, work with Hopewell. Yes. Now, um, just in case our audience doesn't know what each of those are, uh, what is Hopewell? Hopewell Health
2: is... um mental health uh, care provider uh, regional in the uh, the Athens area Athens County and I, I believe Hawking Vinton um, possibly mix Perry uh, they are uh, the provider of um, health care services uh, mental health care services
3: hmm now um, so you know so now we're not only talking about um, medical or physiological um, help in transporting but also for those dealing with some sort of mental um, uncomfortableness uh, injury whatever you want to call it right yes, that's correct. Now is that um, is that pretty common amongst um, uh, a squad services around the nation or is this pretty unique?
2: Uh, what we are wanting to do is is fairly unique. Uh, EMS, in, including EMS in Athens County, we have always, responded to and uh, provided care for uh, people experiencing mental health emergencies. We treat those exactly the same as if it were a heart attack or mm-hmm. um, an injury from a car wreck. That uh, They certainly are uh, part of the patient's overall health concerns. Uh, but we really were not able, in, in most cases, to, to do much more than uh, in an exam and an evaluation uh, trying to eliminate medical problems, you know, high blood pressure or low blood sugar or something like that from whatever the chief complaint was which tended to be something uh, that, that would sound like a mental health uh, issue. Uh, What we're looking at doing with um, Hopewell Health is a collaborative effort uh, to pair up a um, a counselor and a paramedic to go out in the community and respond to non-emergency requests for mental health services. And it's a program that uh, Hopewell has researched and secure funding for is patterned after a program that um, is uh, very successful in the Portland, Oregon area, and we have a lot of local resources in in the Athens County area for mental health care, um, but access to those is not always um, something that's that's easy to do. So. Uh, In in the past, and and even now, um, a lot of times the the sheriff's office or the police department will transport someone to the ER for uh, a medical evaluation and then a counselor will be called in. Um, Sometimes uh, these folks are under ongoing care with medication and counseling, and um, the better thing to do might be to somehow connect this person directly with their uh, their counselor or um, their psychiatrist or, or whoever is their health care provider. So the, the goal of this program, the the, the paramedic and the mental health care counselor, is to um, meet people on their, uh, go to their homes, sort of like an EMS response, mm-hmm. and um, do the, the medical workup as, as we would do on the squat to make sure that there's not um, a problem that they do need to be transported to the emergency room or to a doctor to be seen and have that dealt with before you know, if they can stabilize that before we get into the mental health part of the, of the, uh, of the concern, that's, that's kind of what the paramedic is there for, but the, uh, the, the help well Counselor, and I hope I've got the right title on that for them, um, actually does uh, the, the profile and, and, and digs in and tries to find out what's going on today. Is it a medication issue? Has Is something new or different happened? And then try to direct that person um, to the specific care that they need and not tie up an ambulance, not tie up, uh a, a police officer a sheriff's deputy uh and an er bed uh, for procedural things that right now there's not really a, a, any other good way for those things to happen uh we do not this program will not be an emergency response program okay. uh if, if someone has um tried to injure themselves, if they've overdosed uh, then you're going to get an ambulance and you're going to get law enforcement. It's, it's not going to involve this team at all. And I, I kind of think this, this is going to be maybe some of Hopewell's clients that they deal with on a regular basis. That will be a part of uh, who uh, we visit under this program. Uh, but I've, uh, we've been working on this. Uh, Captain Aaron Maynard from the Sheriff's Office uh, myself, uh, our Deputy Chief of Training, Tammy Wires, um, the um, folks from uh, Hopewell Health, uh, Chaz Canner, and uh, some uh, representatives from the 317 Board uh, who helped secure the funding for uh, this uh, trial project uh, have been meeting for the last couple of months to try to nail down what it was we wanted to do, what it was going to cost. Um, I brought that to the commissioners yesterday and they've been very supportive of the concept and they gave me the green light to go ahead and uh, move forward with the explana- the uh, the exploration of this project and to look at um, a contract drafted where we would provide the paramedic um, for this program, and from an operational standpoint, I think it's going to be similar to how the sheriff's office provides school resource officers uh, to to the individual schools. It's, you're, you're still a deputy, but your job description is very different, and um, there's a payment of money from the school to the county so that the deputy can work uh, exclusively in that environment. So. Uh, We've looked at that as far as a a template for um, the backroom side of this, how we want to to do our part, and um, I'm pretty excited about it. It's it's not a done deal yet, but we are certainly moving forward, Um, and I think it's going to be it should be a very good thing for Athens County. It's a it's a three year pilot project and. Uh, I think we're going to, if we're able to get this thing pulled together and, and the uh, the ink signed on the dotted line, I think it's going to be um, uh, a great asset to Athens County. And um, we plan on learning a lot from it, and hopefully it'll grow into uh, more than what it starts out uh, to be. That's kind of how EMS got started, if you if you think back.
3: Yes you know I just whipped out my calculator here 9600 runs 365 days a year uh divided into that that's 26 runs a day um That's about right That's um you guys are busy Yes we are Wow We are
2: we are the largest and I would say we probably go head to head, head to head with the sheriff's office
3: um,
2: for who is the busiest um, agency that Athens County nine one one provides dispatching for.
3: Now let me it's, let me add. Now um, you are somewhat reliant also on the public um, voting levies for you, right? That's correct. And in fact. Uh, In my notes here, I guess in May we have another election and and such a thing is on the ballot?
2: Yeah, uh, our levies are staggered. We have um, a one-mill levy, another one-mill levy, and then a half-mill levy that run for five years. So every five years, on each one of those levies, um, the voters have the opportunity to Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on how we're doing, and um, the uh, levy from five years ago. Uh, one of the one mill levies will be coming up this year. It's, we're not in the the time frame yet for me to officially take that to the uh, Board of Commissioners to have that put on the ballot, but that will occur within the next sixty days. But it's uh, we're planning on it being on the ballot. Uh, in in, uh, May for the voters to uh, hopefully approve. In the past, uh, we've been very blessed, I think, that the EMS levies uh, pass with a higher percentage than just about any other levy on the ballot.
3: Now, you know, I'm not whatever, but um, let's just say by some freak accident uh, it doesn't get approved. Uh, are there other means that the, the commissioners would uh, reallocate to make sure that your services are not uh, lessened? Or uh, just what, what would happen? Well, uh,
2: there is a grace period with any living, I mean, not just ours, but anybody, where the money um, that is being collected continues to be collected for... I believe it's another year. It's uh, there's sort of a um, a digital delay in in when the voting uh, when you, when you approve the levy and when the uh, the new levy uh, starts uh, being collected. So I think uh, what would normally happen is uh, we would try to figure out what went wrong, try to address that through public education, and then you'd see it back on the ballot. If it fails okay. a number of times, uh, I don't want to speak to what the board would or wouldn't do. Uh, I mean, the, the, the options are, are fairly limited, but at some point we would probably be looking at um, some type of a reduction in service because we have a reduction in sure. in income.
3: Now, does um, does the EMS operation have its own advisory board?
2: The, the board of commissioners.
3: Okay. So it's the commissioners yeah. themselves, the, the three yeah. commissioners. Okay. That's, um, I'm going to ask you to look at the stats that you might have in front of you and just impress us with, you know, we had this many, that we had that many, this, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um,
2: and I, I don't, and I apologize. Um, we're still working on those numbers. I well, it
3: can be uh, from a year ago. I don't care. Um, but, I mean, the point is, uh, I can't imagine years being too much different. Um, it, it's the point is uh, the kind of work you do is so important. So, uh, you know, we, and I don't even know how they're all divided on your uh, reports. So I'm, I'm probably, maybe I'm asking a dumb question.
2: No, no, not at all. Um, We have, uh, last year, uh, somewhere around 9,800 rooms, probably, um, or 9,800 requests for service. Uh, And that number does include uh, pretty much every time uh, an ambulance uh, rolls. Mm -hmm. So if um, we... Send one truck to the scene of a car crash, and there are multiple patients, and we end up needing to call uh, additional vehicles. Then uh, you get a, a another run gets added to that. Okay. Uh, we also move ambulances around the county for uh, area coverage. Uh, if, for example, uh, Nelsonville and Gloucester ambulances are both tied up on calls we move one of the Athens ambulances to the Plains. If uh, all the Athens ambulances are out, we bring Albany up to the south part of uh, the city of Athens so they can respond back into Albany but then also cover uh, the area that our Athens station normally um, covers. And, And so those are a part of the runs. And that equates to Uh, around 3,000 of those runs a year. So, uh, the the truck movement and backups, uh, we have a uh, occasional canceled en route. Those are a part of the statistics. So, when you hear the number, the 9,600 or the 9,800, those are not necessarily patient transports, but they are, they are calls that are assigned uh, to an ambulance, and the crew leaves the station and responds. It's, uh, it's sort of like with, the, for example, the sheriff's office. There's a difference in requests for services versus how many people got arrested. So mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a part of the statistics. Our calls tend to be more medical. Uh, we do see uh, trauma uh, as a, a minority of the calls that we go on. Um, the um, chest pain, shortness of breath, uh, the non-injury, body pain, abdominal pain, um, headache, dizziness, nausea, those type of calls. That's our predominant um, EMS type of call. We have delivered a few babies. We've had uh, a handful of um, um other other I guess more rare uh, calls, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a, a, a good example of something we may not an eye injury or mm. um, you know something that uh, um, is a little bit out of the norm, but but most of the uh, the calls that we go on are, um, Medical problems, and and in many cases, people with current medical conditions that whatever going on is uh, an exacerbation of, of whatever their um, their original problem, their original medical problem was. Um, we see a fair number of car wrecks. Um, the um, alcohol and and drug. Uh, use unfortunately is um, also a contributing factor to some of the runs that we have so it's a pretty wide uh, spectrum of what we transport, what we see uh, what our crews are called to evaluate and and take care of
3: And uh, This is um, I don't know if this is a legitimate question or not Um, I think even if I had received all the training in the world, there's gonna, I'm going to come upon a situation if I were working those crews which would just really knock me out um, emotionally and, and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, do, do you have services for your, your workers uh, when that happens? Yes, we do,
2: and and that is um, that's something that I think all first responders deal with, as as well as um, healthcare providers, uh, the workplace, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and caregiver fatigue. Certainly, that's a big thing right now with COVID. Uh, all of the locking down and the masks and the uh, the, the gloves and the face shields and everything, uh, and, and worrying if this is going to be one time that, um, your mask or your, your protective equipment isn't good enough and you end up taking something home to your elderly father or your children or your spouse. Um, that, that certainly plays into it to, to your question. Yes, we do. the The county has a very strong uh, EAP program, uh, employee assistance program through um, HopeWell Health, and um, HopeWell actually has a um, specific um, care line for public safety and uh, first responders, Good. healthcare workers to to be able to call in. And receive services, and uh, on top of that, our labor union—we're um, uh, we're affiliated with the IFF, the International Association of Firefighters. Um, they have a very aggressive uh, workplace PTSD program that uh, is is available to uh, employees here too. And
3: uh, you know, we have—I'm uh, sorry—these accidents can happen anywhere. And they don't just happen in the middle of the county. They can happen on a border. Um, So, you know, say, um, oh, I'm just making something up. Say something happens out uh, past Albany, and um, uh, they're on the county line, and then the next county over... um, You know, either one could be contacted, and either one might show up, or it's coordinated or something, or it's serious enough, it requires more than one service, and (sighs) I'm making this kind of complicated. Um, Mutual aid, I think they call it, um, particularly in the fire department area. Um, Is that the same term used in emergency care?
2: Uh, It is and we work uh, with the surrounding um, agencies in in other counties. Um, It's kind of different based on which which department we're dealing with because everybody has different resources that that come into play. Mm -hmm. We cover, um, our Gloucester station covers part of uh, Homer Township in Morgan County uh, under contract with the uh, Morgan County Commissioners, that's been an arrangement that's been in place since the mid 1980s. Uh, it was it was put in place then so that uh, Borough State Park could have um, a squad uh, available during their peak times in sure. the summer, sure. and uh, so that that kind of um, move toward a year-round coverage of that area. The next uh, nearest ambulance for that area would come out of Chester Hill or McConnellsville. So, um, that's, that's quite a haul and, and we're literally, uh, right across the county line. So we, we cover that under contract. Uh, we have a gentleman's agreement with, um, other agencies that border Athens County. If we both get there and we're both needed, then. We work together to, to take care of the situation. Uh, if they end up, let's say Hocking County, for example, uh, they get around on, on US 33 for a car crash that they believe is in Hocking County, and, and their ambulance from Carbon Hill responds, um, and, and they get there and it's 50 feet inside Athens County,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: we have absolutely no problem with them assessing the patient and providing treatment and transporting and, uh, doing all the things that they need to, to, to do. If we're not needed, then we'll just go in service for the next one. And, and they feel the same way. Um, we have had some situations with Hawking County where there's been, um, multiple injuries and they're sending trucks from Logan and Corbin Hill and Mm. could we send Nelson and Gloucester and we absolutely will do that. Sure. Uh, we've had a few calls where we've we've ended up in Vinton County or we've ended up in Meigs County. Um, Sorry about that. Go ahead. That's all right. There's there's never a problem um, with either one of the agencies uh, if if you know Venton County would be on a township road and happen to drive in Athens, into Athens County and and pick up a um, a patient here. You know we understand that things like that happen so. Uh, we are on a first-name basis with everybody uh, that surrounds us and uh, work to have a harmonious relationship. We're all in it for the patients sure. and our, our citizens.
3: Let me, let me um, folks, once again, here it is, the end of the show, and I've, uh, I've failed to mention often enough throughout the show that uh, our guest this morning is Rick Calebs. He is the chief of our Athens County EMS operations. Now... Rick, um, you know all these, all these trucks, all these squads, whatever, uh, have uh, a, an assortment of equipment on them uh, for this and that. Um, is there, are there some things you wish you had that you don't, and um, will this levy coming up help or, or is it some other means that would acquire those? you well, what what, what, they, what might it be? You know? Well, <laughs> the, the,
2: the last time I was on your show, um, I had an answer ready to go on that, and that was the um, automated uh, CPR device. Okay. Uh, it provides uh, tireless, um, textbook-perfect CPR compressions. It's a, a, a fairly expensive piece of equipment. They're about $16,000 uh, per unit. And we needed at least six of them for our frontline ambulances. You got them now. Uh, well. That was on the loose list, and um, the cares funding and our board of commissioners uh, and our auditor, Jill Thompson, uh, were able to work together, and we own seven of those now. Cool. So those are on the truck, and we've already um, we've already seen uh, s- some really good things. From that, so uh, at this point, and, and to your question about the levy, the big thing—I've got about a minute left now. Okay, the big thing is EMS done right. There's a cost to that, and like everything else, the cost continues to go up. Um, we have vehicles that need to be replaced. We have equipment that will be at the end of its useful life, mm-hmm. and it has to be replaced. We're looking at. Um, cot replacement and uh, some other fairly significant things in the next three or four years. So uh, we see the levies as kind of a maintenance thing. I don't have, like, one specific thing right now that, that okay. I absolutely want. But if you give me some time to think about it, we could probably put a list together. <laughs> um, no, you know, right there's, right. there's there's always something that
3: yeah.
2: would, would help you do your job a little bit easier.
3: Same th- Same here at the radio station. Yes, sir. All right. Well, listen, Rick Calebs, uh, as always, thanks for joining us this morning, and we'll check back It's with always you, uh, a pleasure. Nine months or a year from now, see if things are uh, clicking along all right still. All right. Sounds all right. good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, so there we go. How about that? In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM
1: 970 and 97.1 FM.
2: W-A-T-H-F-N.
1: This is CBS News on the Hour, presented
0: by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. President Biden is zeroing in on climate change today, signing more executive orders on everything from drilling to new jobs. Correspondent Stephen Portnoy. The orders are meant to highlight the importance
1: of climate change to this White House. One deems the warming globe a national security concern. Another directs the Interior Department to freeze new oil and gas leases on public lands and offshore. The administration insists communities that now rely on coal mining and power plants for jobs can be revitalized. The White House makes vague promises of new infrastructure jobs it says it will turn abandoned urban brownfields into new
0: hubs for economic growth. Oxford University has just released results of a worldwide opinion poll on the changing Earth. Lead researcher Dr. Stephen Fisher. Just
2: under two thirds of people believing climate change as a global emergency, and that view is particularly prevalent in some of the places that were most vulnerable to the effects of climate change, such as small island developing nations.
0: We have Roy just in from Detroit, one of six men charged in an alleged plot to kidnap Michigan. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has agreed to plead guilty to
2: conspiracy. Prosecutors say Ty Garbin will fully cooperate with investigators. They say there's no